0: The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. Earlier this week, the Being Black in the EU report was published. It had been carried out by the EU Agency for Fundamental Rights. It showed that the levels of racism directed at black people in Ireland has increased over the past five years. But does racism exist in Irish business too? We're joined by Florence Ulifemi-Ojo, who is the founder of clothing brand M.I.O. Prince, as well as being an entrepreneur. Florence is also a social worker. You're a very busy woman. You're welcome to the programme.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Tell me about your business M.I.O. Prince. Where did the idea come from?
1: So um, M.I.O. Print um, launched in 2018. Um, at the time, um, there was a natural hair movement that had come from America to Europe where black women were being encouraged to stop chemically straightening their hair. So everyone was going all crazy. Like, we were all putting avocado, eggs, mayonnaise, you name it, in our hair to soften the, the curls and, the, you know, the, the kinky curls. Then there's another aspect of it, which was products that would help retain moisture you know reduce frizz and just help like you know keep your hair in place and it was satin and silk at the time Um, so there's actually a girl in america who was selling bonnets and i was like i want one of those so i got my cousin to get me one from nigeria and she got me seven when it arrived seven bonnets seven bonnets and i was like come on now i'm not i'm not going to i don't need seven bonnets <laughs> and these bonnets are lined with satin they're lined they're with right? satin okay so um, I started putting my friends at the time, and she was like, Florence, just put it on Snapchat. But because I'm in Ireland, leading into Culture Acquire, uh, Discovery, Gospel choir and I do a lot of things, I think my friends on Snapchat were just like, ah, here, here we go again, what's she doing this time? So it didn't really take me serious. Um, and at the time, I'd already started creating content on my, um, on my blog, um, Moded Inside Out. So my friend just said, just put it up on Instagram. I was like, but they're strangers. They don't, but anyways, look, I put it up. And to my surprise, people got it. At the time, he was selling the bonnets for seven euro, so people got it. So then I was like, okay, there's there's obviously something here. So I, I got more, and people bought it. And I was like, Do you know what? It's time to you know to extend my the the, the business basically. So I launched MIO prints, and MIO is an abbreviation for my my blog name, which is Molded Inside Out." So M-I-O. inside out. Yeah. So MIO, and then the prints, basically the prints. You know, I've grown up. I've I've always been passionate about wearing bold colors patterns, scarves so it just made, it, it was just natural that it would be M.I.O. print so that's how we started okay. Um. yeah. You were five years old when you came to Ireland from Nigeria I where did indeed. you grow up and what was it like? I grew up in Athlone um, actually we were there for like a couple of maybe like a month or two then we moved to Dublin. and um, was actually Arcourt Street at the time and then um, we moved to Clondalkin then Lucan and then we're now based in Tala Um and T- to be honest, like I don't actually remember like the initial stages of me living in Ireland. I think a time that I remembered would would have been when I was um, eight in in primary school, um, in a school in Clondalkin, and um, I won't mention the name because you know just uh, um, but yeah, like I remember the first time we went to, to the yard, myself and my sister were the first black um kids in that school, and did yeah. you experience racism as a little? Yes, kid? I did. I did, and. To be honest, like I, I, the the one experience that I, I remember and I will never forget is myself and my sister were in the yard and, you know, like you can imagine, like I was eight and she was probably five and then we have like, like a nice, I, I think about 20 white young kids running to us, touching our skin, touching our hair. You know, initially we thought they were coming to play with us, but little did we know, like they were like touching us to see if we were, like, it was almost like if we were humans or if we were like them it was it was a strange experience and um, because obviously we were just like oh are we are you here to play but no we were touching our hair our skin and you know very quickly we realized oh we were different you know then after that then we'd go on school tours you know i'd walk past a black car and kids would like look at the car point at the car point at me and said camouflage 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 Goodness. um and yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible, to be honest. When you studied social care, you were the only black student. What was that I was, like? I was the only black student in the class. I remember the first time I walked into the lecture room and I realised, OK, I was the only black student. So I went back home to my mum that day and I cried. I said, Mum, I can't do this. I can't. And she was like, what's wrong? I said, I'm the only black student in the class. It just I, I suppose at the time I just remembered... And um, my experience, you know, as an eight-year-old in that school in Clondalkin, and th- that experience, and to be honest, um, <laughs> my mom, like in my house, you, there's there's no two way. You're going to college. You're going, like she's really big into academics, which is a, a known thing to be honest for the African community, anyways. Like, so she was like, "Oh well, you're going to have to just get over it because you're going to school." Um, but yeah, like I, to be honest, I I was very lucky because I suppose the lecturer, um, was a, my psychologist lecturer. She was really good with. Naming the fact that I was the only black students and really encouraging me and making sure that I was comfortable and naming it. because sometimes it's about it's about naming it that you're the only black person in the room. There's no point in like we can all see it. There's no point in pretending about it. But she allowed me to be comfortable and to shine. And I, I suppose I started to find myself to be honest when I got to college. you
0: know. Is it now a positive in your work as a social worker uh, that, that 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 you are a black woman? hundred
1: percent. Yeah. There's. I, I like to say it like this. I have a superpower <laughs> like I'm black and I'm Irish Do you know I am I'm a woman you know and they I, I get to I understand the nuances the mannerisms from both cultures and I get to play it to my strengths you know so like I can walk into a room with black people Nigerians and I'll understand what's going on you can, can read walk a into, room a, you know I can read a room I can walk into a room full of Irish people and and you know obviously A lot of times I do walk into rooms where I'm the only black person, but I just, I recognise my strengths. I'm much more self-aware. I come into a room and I'm thinking this is my opportunity to shine, you know, and I'm not going to leave here without people remembering who I am. And that's kind of my mindset. Um, So, yeah. That's all wonderful. And it's wonderful that you see it as a superpower. But
0: even in your work, Mm -hmm. do you find, with M.I.O. Prince, um, do you find, do you experience
1: racism? We do. We do. I do. We do. (laughs) It's my lived experience. Um, I think with the business, um, and it's, it's I suppose, I look at it in two ways. Sometimes, because one of the things I did this year was, um, so I left my nine to five, the, like, so I now do shifts work. And that's basically because, um, obviously during the pandemic, you know, people were home and we launched pyjamas and were able to promote the idea of being at home and looking stylish. Then the pandemic, you know, it's ended. And we're now, I suppose the challenge now is trying to adapt where people are, you know, looking to experience, in, real human interactions people want to fill products so the sales online kind of dropped so then I was like right okay we're gonna to have to do something about this so then it was markets and pop-up events um, and the, the the role I'm in now allows me to do that um, and it's great because you just get to see people and their true reaction and sometimes someone might come up to me and say oh the the, the color oh it's it's bold and I say, yeah. And oh, it's unique. I'm like, yeah. And then like, oh, I don't know if it suit me. And sometimes it's, it's genuinely like curiosity. But then you get people that would say, oh, is it just for, you know, people and, and they're stuttering? And I'm just like, just say it. Just say it. Really, because I know what you want to say. Um, and, I, and I'd always say, oh, everyone can wear colour like I that and this is what I'm doing I've I've experienced it where sometimes I feel really down and I'd put on a proper collar and honestly it lifts my spirit up so I know it's not just something that I'm like I know it's worked so I say no no everyone can wear colour and I don't know it's maybe for people like you or other sometimes you have people that would genuinely say oh I'm not sure cultural appropriation and to, again I, I see it as an opportunity to have conversations but we have had people that are. You know, a bit not nice, and did somebody look for a refund from you? Yes, I remember. Um, I was I believe in 2021, so at the time, again, we were online, this gentleman had ordered um, three pajamas and a couple of bonnets. It was to America, and I was sure I was delighted. Um, and it was uh, to be fair to him, it was a massive order, but then for some reason, obviously, with COVID, there were delays, there were things going missing, so he didn't get um, his, his uh, product, so then um he v- responded and was like, oh, I didn't get the products. And I'm, to be honest, like obviously my natural instinct was to try and see how we could resolve the issue. But then very quickly in the email, he was like, oh, and are you Nigerian? And and then and I was like, where is this like going? And then it's like, oh, and fraud. And he's kind of making it look like because I'm Nigerian, he's expecting that, you know, there's this thing about fraud. And then he was like, um, and then he said, oh, I wasn't actually exp- expecting you to reply because, you know, sure you're black. And, like, and it's just... I was a bit taken aback, but to be honest, like at the time we only launched and like, we were on the Late Late Show as well. So we got this publicity and this massive thing. So I was trying to manage my image and, you know, so I just refunded the money. I was so scared that he would then go ahead and tarnish my name and make it look like because I was a Niger- black Nigerian. And, you know, all these things that obviously weren't working in my favour anyways, naturally, do you know, um, but... Yeah, and to be honest, I was a bit devastated because, like, you probably did get the product in the end, but I was just like, oh my God.
0: So, for an easier life, for a yeah, life. Yeah, I just wasn't was going to have to someone it. say,
1: oh, an enduring brand and, like, have it, like, tagged. Do oh, you, you get me? So, yeah. yeah, that was that experience. Okay. Do you like being your own boss? I do. I do. Obviously, you know, as a as an entrepreneur, the, 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 what motivates you is the fact that you can call your own shots, you're working for yourself, you know, you get to choose your own hours, but it's not always glamorous, you know small business owners we work so hard and we and it's been proven we work harder than our colleagues and you know there's obviously the the, the sentiment where because it's your own and it's small you, you get to pack pack each order with love you know you, you, you you're over it you see it like you know from the design to everything so it's it's beautiful in that way but I also feel like People aren't always so forgiving. Like the things that maybe another brand would do, if it was a small brand, people are very quick to tag you online or to, or uh, you know, not just not just to not be nice. And I feel like then being a black brand, you know, it's just even like you're constantly trying to work out. Like I remember um in twenty twenty last year i think i got a comment on instagram i am um, because it's only um i suppose joined the black live uh matter movement that i started to attach my face to it or even more confidently because you know like i like because my 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 business is an extension of my personal brand it was hard for me not to attach my face to it so i'm very much the face behind the brand and obviously like when you look at the face behind it's me i'm the black woman you know so um I remember somebody said like on on Instagram, "Oh, you're a black-owned brand," and I was like, "Yeah," and oh, I wasn't expecting you to be so professional. No. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was just like, "Damn!" <laughs> like, like. So I, I feel like, you know, as black as black small businesses, we have to. It's just constantly trying to. You're just working harder than your counterparts. You know, it's just you're trying to prove yourself. You're trying to make sure that people understand that just because that we're black, we're a black-owned business doesn't mean we're not professional. Doesn't mean that we can't. You know, that we are not also. Um, I, I suppose aspiring to be excellent it's like we're not we're not mediocre Like everyone is trying their best to put their best foot forward and I want to serve my community and you know make sure that the the, the products that I have out there is to the best and that the quality is top-notch but I feel like because we're because you're a black owned brand you just you're, you're trying to fight harder to make a name for yourself to make sure that I also deserve to be here because I've worked as hard as my other white counterparts you know.
0: You went. You returned to Nigeria a number of years ago. Tell me about returning to Nigeria. What was that
1: like? <laughs> so yeah, um, my mom brought us back for the first time in 17 years in 2017, and I will never forget. We were all raging. Like I, we were so upset. We were like, "Why are we? Why are you bringing us back? Why? Like we don't want to go back. This
0: is for a holiday, now.
1: I know. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I was like, I don't want to go back. Like, and I, I actually remember saying, I didn't contribute one cent to the tickets. My mom spent, I'd say almost 5,000 Joe on tickets, but we were like, no. Nope. And I was so grumpy on the plane. Then we arrived in Nigeria and the first thing is the air, you know, the air, the people I in my life, I've never seen so much black people. Like, oh. like I think the last time I seen so much black people was at the Nigerian embassy in Ireland, like there was uh, <laughs> like all black people. I'm like, okay, this is very strange. And obviously our accents, our mannerisms are changed, you know, they're not the same. So. You're there and people like we you, you stick out like a sore home. like people know. In Nigeria? In Nigeria, people know. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's first obviously our accents, apparently the and way we look. You say your mannerisms, in what way are your mannerisms different? I don't know. Like, you know, there's there's different things like, you know, in Nigeria, when you are greeting an elderly person, you're meant to bend your knees and sometimes you're meant to bend, you know, like those little things. Maybe we weren't like constantly bending our knees or... If people shout, maybe we just look, or if people, you know, like maybe we just look like at people doing different things, and we're like, oh. so obviously we we stood out. Um, but very quickly we realize, actually, we're not really like these people as well. But then you come back home here, and you're like, well, I'm not really like these people here as well. So I think. So do you feel like you don't fit in in either? Yeah. Really. Uh yeah. Um. So 2017, um, slash 2018. I think I definitely went through an identity crisis where I was like, right, where am I actually from? Because. I go to Nigeria and they they make it very known that you're not really from there. And then you come here and people make it very known as well that you're not really from here. So actually, where am I from? So that's kind of where um, I started to find myself and discover myself. Um, I had to become more self-aware. And I actually, I'm really grateful for um, the course I did, social care and social work, because you know, it allowed me to dive in, to d- delve into myself and my my background, my my experiences and how that would impact me as a person. Because at, at the end of the day, I am my own tool. You are your tool, you know. Okay. So, yeah. You featured in a Pharrell and Jay-Z music video. How did that come about? <laughs> so, um, at the time, um, we were featured in uh, the image and it was titled um, Black Irish Businesses in Ireland. Um. And again, it was, kind of, it was during the, the Black Lives movement um, and we got this email. But what had happened was a week before that, someone had emailed me and, oh yeah, for memory, obviously they got our names right and everything. But the person that actually emailed us from the, the Pharrell, William and Jay-Z team got my did name wrong.
0: It? Did you believe though that it, no, was it was actually a scam? Name?
1: Of course you did. I said, would you stop, get away out of that. I was like, ah, yeah, for God's sake, yeah, Jay-Z and Pharrell, William. <laughs> 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 but... um no, then the other girls who were also featured, Moja Lynn, then reached out to me and were like, "Florence, did you get the this email?" This is real. And I was like, "Ah, oh, guys, it's it's not real. Like, come on now." Um, and she was like, "No, no, I think it's real because she like they sent me the questions that they had asked them, and we thought it was real." So she said, "Florence, look, you create content, so you're already out there. What's the worst that will happen? Like, it's like you know." So yeah, she started to decided to kind of just go with the flow. To be honest, with what was what it was, I didn't believe it until the crew actually came to our house. And I was like, oh, my God, this is actually real, you know. And it's yeah. wonderful.
0: I've, I watched the video last night and it's a
1: wonderful video featuring lots of yeah. um, black owned businesses
0: from across the world. And it yeah. was wonderful to see yeah. your business. And I think there was another Dublin yes, business that uh, featured in it. Lynn,
1: yeah, very, very inspiring and just like incredibly honouring to have been, you know, like a part of such an incredible movement, you know. So, yeah.
0: Florence Olufempi, Olufemi Ojo, thank well, you very right. much for joining us on the programme this morning and very best of luck to you with M.I.O. Prince. Thank you so much.